My family thought it was crazy. Everybody was like, you don't do that. Nobody does that. And so I knew I had to stick to my guns. I knew it wasn't possible for me to rekindle this relationship with myself in the context of that work, in the context of being CMO at Harley Davidson. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 132 of Yes And with me, Judy Holler. My goodness, how are you? Welcome back or welcome to the show. I just got done recording with the very fabulous, very real, very soulful, very gutsy, very edgy, very beautiful Shelly Paxton. And we have a soul-shifting, soul-shaping conversation about what it looks like to step away. You know, I really think that we are so overstimulated and overworked and overfed and overwhelmed, so much so that we've lost touch with our bones, right? Our soul, who we are at our core, what we really want, who we really want to be and how we want to show up in this world. And I think sometimes we do need to step away, take a break, take a stand, take a minute, a month, a year to really look inwards in order to bring the best of us outwards. So this is going to be an episode about the soul your soul and how to really tune into her and more importantly, turn her volume up. And I think there is no better way to do this than via a sabbatical. Uh, Personally, sabbaticals have become such an influential part of my life that I even write them now into my yearly business plan after I saw how big of an impact they had on me personally and professionally, so much so that I I now take two. One is not enough. But what you're going to come to find out about sabbaticals is it's not just booking uh, a long weekend at a fancy resort. Sabbaticals are a daily practice of really stepping into the most important role you have. And that is the role of chief soul officer. So today we are going to talk to the queen, the OG chief soul officer, Shelly Paxton, all about soulbaticals. So you can go make that happen for yourself. So Shelly, who is she? Okay. So think Brene Brown meets biker babe with a dash of Liz Gilbert. (laughs) So Shelly is a former chief marketing officer at Harley Davidson. She found herself at the top of a proverbial mountain feeling success empty instead of successful. And that awakening led her on a profound soulbatical journey that became her mission, her business, and her best-selling book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. She is leading a revolution to rewrite the script of success and liberate a billion souls. I love it. She also hosts the Rebel Souls podcast, which sort of invites you to flip the middle finger to the status quo in life, business, and the world at large. She's based in Chicago when she's not indulging in her wanderlust. She loves to travel like I do and is obsessed with the color orange. Her orange is like my hot pink, okay? So Shelly is a certified vibe. Again, you are going to eat her up. Her story is powerful. 
soul and soul shifting and soul shaping. And it will really wake you up to the truth that crazy busy is not sustainable. And if you are crazy busy, you're probably more crazy than busy. So without further ado, let's do this. Here's my conversation with Shelly Paxton. Shelly, Shelly, I'm so glad you're here. So good to be here. I love you. I love you too. And you know what's so great? You can't see us right now, but oh, if you could, Shelly and I both clicked on the air um, to record this podcast because we can see each other. We're both in hats. We're both in hats, which is so much fun um, and makes me so happy. And, um, you know, are you, by the way, I've never asked you this. Are you, what's your birthday? What's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. So I'm January 23rd. <gasps> You're an Aquarius. Okay. And have you ever done your Enneagram out of curiosity? Oh, yes, sister. I am the poster woman for a seven. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Me too. Me too. Are we sharing? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I mean, listen, if we ever needed any more proof about our soul connection, it's like the proof points keep lining up one after the other after the other. Oh. I know. It's so cool. Yeah. I tell you, you know, through, um, you know, putting this podcast out into the world, I don't know how you feel about it from like book because you're an author uh, as well. And you're, we're going to talk about that. And you're a podcaster as well. And you have quit um, a big, juicy, healthy, successful corporate career as yeah. well, and and ventured out to do your your own thing. And I think we, um, you know, in those adventures, those opening of new doors, whether it be book writing or podcasting or entrepreneurial adventures, um, through those moments of saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers and I'm not hundred percent sure what's on the other side of the store. But when I have trusted myself enough to like open it and then know that what's going to happen next is like truly designed for me, I have met and welcomed into my life and my business, the coolest people. And I think for me, and I don't know about you, I'd love to hear how this lands for you. That has been such a gift of the journey. Like it's hard to yes. venture out on your own. It's hard to write a book. It's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to be an entrepreneur, but it is oh so lovely to meet other people, like-minded people who are on a similar journey. And you're one of those people in my life. Like our worlds collided through the podcast mm -hmm. world. And now here we are um, months later, sort of continuing to support each other. So I don't know about you, but I love the people that have come into my life. A hundred percent. And you are absolutely one of them. That's been such a gift for me. I've loved all of our conversations. I've learned so much from you. I still have Same. my planner. I yeah. still use my planner. <laughs> so you've been the gift that keeps on giving for me. And you know, it's interesting. We both come from uh, an improv background in some oh, way, shape, about or form, right? So I did Second City. So I'm still in Chicago. Yeah. You're now a desert girl. I know it. Chicago will always have my heart, but the desert has the other half. Of yeah, of half, course. But. Of course. And you know me. I'm not like I plant one foot here and my other foot is, you know, constantly roaming the earth to all my other happy places. But to be honest, and the whole yes and premise has been a game changer since my early 20s. Yeah. Learning that, I always say improv is life training, yeah. period. 100%. And I know you know that. I've read your book. I eat up all of your stuff. I listen to you all the time. And that's the truth. 
And the gift, every gift I've gotten from, you know, doors that have opened to incredible business opportunities, to incredible relationships like the one we now share has always been a trust and surrender moment for me. Yes. So there's something. Let's click into that. Trust and surrender. Because I think what's important for people to hear is sometimes you're going to open a door and it's going to work and you're going to find something really cool on the other side. Maybe something you didn't expect or something you hoped for. And then there's going to be times where you open a door and you're like, oh shit, I did not think that was going to be on the other side of the door. I was not prepared for that. And I have to surrender to the process here a little bit and know that um, I've got what it takes to get myself into things, but I've also got what it takes to get out of things. And Shelly, that's been the big thing about and for me because and gets me in the game, right? It gets us in the way of opportunities, but and can also get you out of shit. So I'd love to hear, like, how is the improv mindset and how has the notion of yes anding things? Because yes isn't enough. Shelly, you could say yes and it's just like cold stop right there, right? Like you have to do something with it. Like, I'd love to hear from you because your story, your book is full of so many yeses and so many ands. (laughs) Some worked, some didn't. Some are are really lovely moments in your life and some are really hard moments in your life. Like, talk to me about the missteps. Were there any doors that you opened that you were like, uh-uh, oh shit, I did not see this coming. And then how, if so, do you recover when it's not mm. what you expected? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves and it's hard to surrender. We put so much pressure on ourselves. I mean, my my brain is spinning right now, partly from COVID fog and partly, partly <laughs> I love that we're also both recovering from COVID at the exact same time. Y'all, this is what we talked about before we went on the air too. This is real. She's like, by the way, I've got COVID. I go, oh my God, I have, I just had COVID too. So we're both recovering. So this should be a yeah, fun interview. Uh, we'll just say that. Oh my that. God, this is going to be, well, listen, if this isn't as real and authentic and <laughs> vulnerable as they come, I promise miss you. Uh, you're getting the real me because there's the like, you can't me. act your way out of this. So you cannot. it's it. got an engine. It's got an engine. It, it's got an engine. And honestly, it's one of the reasons I did want to show up for this today because I really love these vulnerable conversations, especially when I'm just feeling it all. So yeah. to get back to your question, um, yeah, I mean, there have there been missteps along the way? Yeah. The missteps for me have been plentiful. Let's start there. And they have been when I am using one particular word. And for me, that word is should. Mm. So, you know, in my book and in my life's journey, I talk a lot about what I call the shackles of should because I realized that the shoulds are what got me in trouble, right? I might have said yes to something and I crossed that threshold, right? But I wasn't necessarily crossing that threshold with integrity Hmm. or crossing crossing that threshold authentically. And so for me, in many cases, so, you know, staying in corporate for probably a lot longer than I should have because the should in my mind was, well, I should stay here because, you know, I've invested 20 years, 20 plus years. By the time I left, it was 26 years. I've invested all these years. 
And, you know, my dad was a super successful executive and he's kind of been my mentor and he has these expectations. Little did I realize, as you know from reading my book, I woke up to the fact that I was living my dad's dream. That's where my should was taking me. (laughs) Wow. Right? Yes, yes. So I I think that's so relatable. I think so many times we are shoulding our way into things um, because we are living someone else's dream. You know, know, your mom didn't get something, so then you put that pressure on yourself to go get it, and you're living her um, dream. You're living your dad's dream. You're living your, your spouse's, whatever you're doing it for your kids. You're like, and all of those, I think all of those examples have beautiful intentions, but like, where are you in that? So it sounds like you said, well, hold on. Where, where am I in this? And, And at what cost? I mean, you were getting on planes, flying across the country sometimes when you were ill or not well, or, um, really in some deep trauma, but you're still grinding, you're getting on a plane and you're pushing, pushing, pushing. And you know, it's kind of like, you know, at what cost did you just wake up one day and say, okay, I am living like for some, like what, what woke you up? Like what was the defining Mm. wake up moment for you? I'd love to say that I woke up in a way that didn't require a cosmic kick in the ass. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to say that I was one of those people that's like, oh, I just saw the signs and I felt it and I listened to myself yes. and I was already deeply connected with my soul. But that's bullshit. It's yeah. total and complete bullshit. So I didn't wake up on my own. I got woke by the universe. I always say the universe and my soul were conspiring to literally shake me by the lapels. And the way that looked for me, my experience was this awful, awful recurring nightmare. Yes. Talk about that. I loved that in your book, that thread thread, that so this Ooh, is where I... the book begins. So like, buckle up, my friends. Yes. <laughs> right? So for me, and, and I really truly believe, it's like, you know, we're going to get the cosmic kick in the ass some way. And frankly, this entire pandemic has been that for a lot of people. Yeah. It woke, uh, you know, it woke us up. It shook us up. It crystallized what matters most. And I'll often say, like, I got that wake up five years before a lot of the world did. So Mm -hmm. what did that look like for me? So the way, I mean, it's unbelievable because when I tell the story, it sounds like I am a, an eight-year-old child, you know, (laughs) who's seen like a horror movie, like, you know, peering above the, you know, behind my parents, like spying and watching a horror movie that I wasn't supposed to lay (laughs) eyes on. But the truth is it was a 45-year-old C-suite executive at Harley-Davidson. Wow. So let's start there. Wow. And I was showing up every day in the face of being woken up at, it was always 2 a.m., five nights a week, like I was saying, I'd wake up drenched and bawling my eyes out. And every single time, it's because I had seen the exact same thing. I was being lured through something that looked like my apartment. And Judy, you know, like those moments in your life where you can't explain how you're moving forward. There is a force greater than you, like pulling you into something. And that's what was happening in this nightmare. So I 
I was like, I fight it. I couldn't. So I just was, again, an interesting kind of trust and surrender, even in my nightmare. Yeah. I just had to surrender to this force that was leading me into the space that I'd never seen. It was dark and it was lifeless and it was cold. And I always describe it as like, it's like, wow, either a murder happened here or murder's about to happen here. Like wow. There is nothing, there's nothing good happening in this Bad space. vibes. Okay. Bad vibes all around. And from that moment, I'm now in this room that I've never seen all the bad vibes. And I see across the room, this sort of flickering outline. Imagine like a small utility closet. Mm. On the other side of the room, there is nothing else identifiable in this room. Frankly, there's nothing in this room now but me, the bad vibes, and the outline of utility closet. And I am pulled by this force, forced to open this door. And when I do, I see on the floor, like dying, whimpering, my pug. My fur baby, who in the real world has been dead for six years, actually more than that, maybe this seven story. years at that point. Okay. And he's alive. Mocha was his name. He's alive and he is neglected and abandoned. He was this <gasps> fat little roly poly pug, and like all of his rolls are now like cloaked on the floor. And he can't even lift his head up, but I can just hear the whimper. And I like scoop him up in my arms, like kissing his little velvet ears. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And boom, 2 a.m., I'm up crying in my bed. (sighs) Right? I mean, how long were you having (laughs) this dream? For a year. So now let me break that down for a second. So I had it. For the entire last year that I was at Harley. However, I'm smart enough to know that there's only so many days that you can, I mean, I couldn't get back to sleep after that. My mind would spin. I was exhausted. So I was showing up at work, like doing what I did best in those days, putting all the armor on. All the armor on, like put my cool leather jacket on, put my skinny jeans on, put my boots, put all my, you know, awesome jewelry on, put the armor on and pretend everything's okay. And God forbid, don't ask for help. Mm. Mm. Right? Which, you know. God forbid we we show that weakness. God forbid we be vulnerable. God forbid that we ask. And I mean, now this is the exact opposite of everything you and I talk about, right? And that this, that this community knows, right? It is a sign of strength to ask for help. And I didn't yet know that. I didn't know that. I didn't understand what was happening to me. And so I just pretended every day it was like spit polish to a shine. I would show up. But Judy, that went on. And I would say four or five months into it, I went, I'm not going to survive this. There is only so long that you can muscle your way through this. Yes, yes. Until, like we said earlier, our bodies tell us the truth and something very, very, very bad is going to happen. And so I started to, I reached, I did reach out to help privately. I was speaking with a doctor. He introduced me to meditation. At the age of now, was 45 going on 46, 
I had never really been exposed to what it means to slow down yeah, and sit still. And it was through that process. And by the way, I am not somebody who's like, meditation is a be-all and a cure-all <laughs> and whatever. I am not saying that, people. However, the power of slowing down and the power of listening deeply changed my life. Because in that practice, over the next month or two, as I learned to sit down and it wasn't easy, I started to understand that what I was seeing in that nightmare was a proxy for my soul. Holy shit. I mean, I have full body chills right now. Like, it's amazing how we are spoken to sometimes. Um, and even more amazing what we can discover about ourselves when we're brave enough to stop the noise. So you came to discover that it was a proxy to your soul, your dog, the closet, the opening yeah. the door, the dark, bad vibe. Neglected. Room. Tell me, so that, what does that mean? Yes. Yeah, so, so that right. dog and was your was, soul. Like you were neglecting. That dog, I was <gasps> neglecting. Mocha. We, I know. So, blah. Like this is still one of those stories that, you know, now I left Harley six years ago this fall. And this story is no less emotional to me today because of everything it stands for. I was basically scooping up my soul and saying, I'm sorry, because the message, and this is what I started to hear and understand in the meditation. I kept hearing over and over again, these words like, listen to me, love me, feed me, nourish me again and again until I started to understand. That was my soul talking to me. And at the Mm. time, I'll be honest, like that just sounded really like wacko and woo-woo to me at the time. Mm. I was like, wait a second, what? My soul's now talking to me like I have lost my motherfucking mind, right? Like, like oh I my God. am a badass, leather-wearing, Harley-driving, C-suite yes. executive, and now you're trying to tell me that my soul needs to be fed. Hey, psst, Judy here. Okay, so I'm pausing this awesome conversation because... I want to give you a gift, a free gift, my audiobook. If you're here listening to the podcast, I have a feeling you like listening to things, which means you may like listening to my audiobook on Audible. So here's how you get yourself or someone else you love a free Audible of my book, Fear is My Homeboy. Go right now to iTunes, give this podcast five badass stars, leave us a quick review, take a photo or a screenshot, email it to me at hello at judyholler.com because every week I'm going to pick one review and send you a free Fear is My Homeboy audiobook to keep or gift. It's that easy. Maybe, maybe you pause the show right now, go make that magic happen. I'm just saying. Okay, back to Shelly. So, okay, you have this information. You're yeah. like, it's a little woo-woo, but I'm listening. Did that then lead you 
to your first soulbatical. Is that when you said, this is how I'm going to feed my soul? Because the name of your book is Soulbatical, which yeah. is phenomenal. And I've raved on this before I brought you on the air because soulbaticals, um, although I've I've called them solo vacations or whatever. I never had a pretty of a name for what I've been doing over the last uh, few de- a few years, rather. Um, these, these solo trips, right? I, yeah. I've been talking yeah. about how I believe they are so transformational, like taking yourself somewhere to really sit with and feed your soul and think and disconnect. And I've loved it so much that um, doing one a year has become a part of my air quotes business plan, but they feel so good. Now I do too. Right. And so oh. I look forward to them. Right. So did that awakening of the soul lead you then to the first soul battle, which has now led you to your current life's work, which is to, um, you know, change the lives of a billion people and, and get them to understand yeah. that we don't need to grind and that soul battles can really do just that, be a battle of the soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that is the fast forward version it took me a while. I think the the only clarification I want to offer, especially yeah. for somebody listening going, well, wait a second, how easy for you? You just up and left your fucking job. Like most of us can't do that, do right? That. I get it. I get it. And by the way, what's so interesting is that in the early days when I did decide that for me, the yes and was, I hear you. I'm wildly disconnected from my own soul and my own truth. And my calling, at least in the short term at that point, was to take some time off to deeply explore and reconnect with it. Awesome. So when, when I came up with this idea, honestly, okay, let me, let me tell the God's honest truth here. The reason the word soulbatical and the title chief soul officer are even in the world today are because I, when I started talking about leaving, that I was going to leave what is, you know, widely considered one of the sexiest jobs in marketing. I had climbed to the proverbial top of the mountain. Everybody thought I was batshit crazy. And they're like, you have not thought this through. What are you doing? Just ride it out, quite literally, at Harley. Just keep, keep doing it or let them fire you. Let them kick you out. And the yes and that was so powerful for me is like, yeah, that may seem crazy in a traditional sense, but I knew I had to do it on my terms. And the and for me, so I was saying yes to reconnecting with my soul. The yeah. and for me was I knew I couldn't do it in that environment. I knew I had to create a new set of circumstances, whether temporary or permanent, in order to really move forward and cross that threshold, right? As you talk about that open door. And so that was the early. And Judy, people kept saying to me, like, my family thought it was crazy. Everybody was like, you don't do that. Nobody does that. And I mean, I honestly, so for anybody who's in a place in their life right now, who's getting that Greek chorus of like, no, you don't. Who does that? Why would you do that? You're crazy. All the shit people say to us or that we hear in our heads because it's real. And a lot of it was in my head and I had it echoed all around me. And so I just, I knew, I knew I had to stick to my guns. I knew it wasn't possible for me to rekindle this relationship with myself in the context of that work, in the context of being CMO at Harley Davidson. 
So I was like, what am I going to tell people? What am I going to tell people? I'm a marketer. I'm a creative. I knew I needed a handle. Literally, what's the story going to be? What's the story story going to be? I'm like, I need a handle. And I, I mean, I really believe in asking the universe questions before you go to bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Ask oh, I do what, this like- too. <gasps> dream dialogue. Uh, you will. You'll watch your dreams change. You'll wake up. Be- you, you'll wake up better and different. Yes. And sometimes you'll get things answered. Guys, start doing it if you're this not is asking. It. <gasps> oh. Okay. So yes, this like just try it. There is try no it. harm in trying this. Try it. It is fascinating what happens. I mean, listen, I've asked questions and I've got nothing and that's okay too. Same, same, same. But I'm blown away by what I have gotten. And my very first experience with this was I woke up the next morning and almost as clear as a love note on the bedside table next to me was soulbatical and you will become the chief soul officer of your life. And (sighs) from that second forward, that is what I put on LinkedIn. That oh is God. what I told everybody I was doing. And in that, and in those days early on, I really thought that this was temporary, that sabbatical meant stepping away for a week, two weeks, six months, maybe a year, maybe longer. I didn't understand that actually sabbatical is a way of being. Like I define it as a way of being in full alignment with one's soul. It is truly a choice to live more authentically, more courageously, and more purposefully. It can also start by taking some time off like what you're doing. I love that that's a part of your business plan. Yeah. That's where it started. There are so many things that are so important and so powerful in that story. And um, one of the things I just wrote down that I think is really important we all hear um, especially if you really relate to Shelly and where she was in, in big corporate and where she is now. And you've got a lot of noise and a lot of people telling you, um, you know, what they think is safe and what they think you should do and what they feel the right path for you should be. Because sometimes we get so stuck in this asking of other people's opinions and this over, I call it inspirational overdosing, where we are so into consuming everybody else's opinions and ideas that we've lost our own way. So there's two things we need to really hear. Number one, if you are in that place and you are lost, what Shelly did is she appointed herself. She didn't wait for someone else to give her the title of chief soul officer. She said, here's what I am. Here's where this is going. Here's what I'm going to do. And number two, soulbatical doesn't necessarily mean a long weekend in your favorite hotel or a trip to Mexico by yourself. It is something you can practice every day. And you asking your dreams, uh, whatever you believe in, uh, God, higher power, um, whatever that is for you, a soulbatical is asking the questions before you go to bed, taking a moment to jot down gratitude, uh, thinking through your next day, the night before bed. You know, how do I want to feel tomorrow? And what do I want to get done? And who could light me up? And who could fill my cup? And who could help me, you know, connect the dots? So Shelly, there are two big things going on there. Have you, did you realize at the time, like it takes a lot of guts to appoint yourself to say, I'm going on LinkedIn and I'm straight up. I'm, I'm chief soul officer. 
And by the way, I love that. And uh, here's what I'm doing. I mean, have you always, I mean, you're a gutsy girl. Um, no doubt about it. But did you realize at the time that's what you were doing? You were literally like, uh, I got the story. I'm going to give it to myself. I don't need anyone to appoint me here. That's no. big. That's a defining the- moment. Yeah. And you're right. I am a gutsy girl. I have done a lot of courageous things in my life. And I will be very, very, very transparent that I am convinced that that was created, that title in particular was created for two reasons. Um, One, I was scared shitless. Mm. Yeah. I was scared shitless. Yes. And, and two, right. And so it was like, well, wait, who am I? Who am I? Because I have built without this, which leads to, which leads to number two, number two. So it gave me like a, Oh, Oh, I'm still somebody. I still have a C-suite title. I still got a big old title. Mm -hmm. And that, that was the second one. The second one was that I realized that I was so title sensitive Mm. at the time that what I was doing was helping kind of soothe my ego yeah, and say, it's okay. It's okay. We're going from chief marketing officer to chief soul officer. Right. What I understood a little bit was that if I had a title, I knew I would have a sense of responsibility and obligation to uphold that title. And so that's the thing that made it feel like, yeah, okay, this is good. That's all I knew in the moment. All I yeah. knew in the moment was if I tell myself I'm chief soul officer in the same way that I, I really fucking cared about my work as chief marketing officer, yeah, I am going to do an incredible job because this is what I've staked a career doing. This is what I've staked my identity on. Yeah. And yeah. so that was the beginning. Little, little did I know how powerful that title would become because it held me truly accountable to my values, mm. <laughs> to my truth, yes. to my very own definition of success. Yeah. Because what this may resonate with, you know, uh, with a lot of folks. I realized that at the top of that mountain, I was not successful. I was success empty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right? And so I was doing success on somebody else's terms, which is inevitably going to leave us in a place of feeling less than fulfilled. And usually Mm. it's feeling burned out, feeling exhausted, feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually unwell. So I realized that part of my work in really in really rekindling that connection with my soul, listening deeply and aligning with my truth was to, you know, was to understand like what what is what is all of that? And then yeah. blaze a trail in honor of that. Ooh. Yes. Fuck. That's yes. that's rewriting <laughs> the script of success, right? Yes. That's what it is. And I didn't know that at the time. I knew none of that. Like, I am definitely speaking, you know, looking in the rearview mirror, but this is constantly changing. Yeah. This is a journey. There is no destination. I'm Mm-mm. not on my way to somewhere, no. right? I'm constantly becoming and evolving and 
yeah, it's a really beautiful thing, but living, living your own truth and defining success on your own terms. I mean, this is really has become my mission in the world. When you said a billion souls, I mean, I say, I set this big ass mission early on that I want to liberate a billion souls. When I realized that people were coming to me going, wait a second, now I'm kind of curious about what you did. Tell us a little bit more about sabbatical. Tell us a little bit more about your journey and what does it mean to be chief soul officer, you know, and all the things. And so I suddenly realized that my bigger calling is to help people really understand what does it mean to live their successful? What does it mean to live a light, to live sabbatical every day? you know, more authentically, more courageously and more purposefully, right? And to really care for ourselves in the process. Yes. How are you doing that these days? Like, how do you sabbatical? How do you do it? Do you talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, those daily sabbaticals you may take for yourself, the the more robust ones you may take. Like, how does Shelly sabbatical? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Um, in, in many ways. And let me be super honest, some days better than others. <laughs> I love it. She's, it's the truth, babe. It is the truth. It is the it's truth. The, it is the truth. And any one of us would be lying through lying. our teeth. And yeah. we're like, oh yeah, I wake up and I do this every day. But the, you know, the truth is, it's like, we can only do the best we can every single day with what we know and what we have. Yep. And 100%. sometimes we're paying attention, right? So I'm trying to think of a couple of examples. So like you, I want to go back to your example of how you said in your business plan, you have at least one sabbatical. Now it sounds like two. Yeah. Where you really take these solo trips and you give yourself this space. That's what I call radical self-commitment. A lot of us talk about this idea of, you know, self-care and radical self-care. And I am no stranger, although right now I am, to like the manicure and the pedicure and the the spa and all the things. But what I'm talking about is so much bigger, right? It's really, truly understanding and living our values and translating those values into boundaries and Mm. translating those boundaries into really creating... space for ourselves, right? So I love that you proactively create that because I'm on a mission as part of all of this. It's part of radical self-commitment. It's part of like, can we just stop ending up in burnout all the time? It's flipping the time off script because the way you're doing it, Judy, is the way I think about it. It is, we need time off. Like it is proactively the way that we get the most out of ourselves. It is the way that we lead most powerfully, serve ourselves and serve others most powerfully. It is the way that we show up creative and innovative and our juices are flowing and we can write books from that place and do whatever. But when we wait, like I just feel like we live in a culture, especially here in the U.S., where that idea of time off is a reward for hard work. It's the thing that happens at the end and not at the beginning. Mm. Yes. So how You're about here. more of us You're here. put it at the beginning so that we're filling ourselves up to do the thing or things we want to do? 
We're filling ourselves up to serve and lead in the most powerful way that we can. And I just think that, you know, so many of us, especially as women, I feel like we were conditioned to be like, yeah, you know, but I haven't really earned that. I don't deserve that. And it's mm. like, no, you know what? Right shame, now, from this shame, moment shame. forward, right yeah. from this for- moment forward, yes, you fucking do. And <laughs> no more. Yes. It's like, that's the first yes. Yes, you do deserve it. And now what are you going to go do about it? Yes. And go create it, right? Go make it. I go love make it. it. Like that's part of the Vibe and Thrive Planner right there. Okay, so I've got to pause the conversation right here because speaking of soulbaticals, I got the coolest DM from one of our community members and House of And mentorship members, Jen. And here's what she says. And this is so, so good. I have to share it with you. She goes, holy hell, I took your advice and I'm on my first ever mini vacation with myself. I chose Palm Springs. I've never been here before. And this whole thing is one big giant fear experiment. She goes, I wore a blouse front tucked on the airplane. I did not bring my work laptop. I ate dinner alone, even had coffee. And tomorrow I'm wearing a swimsuit and sitting in a cabana I rented all day long. I feel scared, but good scared. Oh, and it turns out my room here is 1929, the year my dad was born. And my room opens to the 12th green on the golf course and his ashes were scattered on the 12th green. To me, that's all I needed to know that I'm exactly where I needed to be this weekend. Thank you. Guys, that is one of the most beautiful DMs I've ever received because that is the work we're doing every month in the mentorship. And that is what it looks like to live an and lifestyle, to say, yes, I am ready to be the chief soul officer of my life and I'm going to book a trip <laughs> to prove it. I'm going to front tuck my shirt. I'm going to leave my work laptop at home. I'm going to eat dinner alone, right? I'm going to wear a swimsuit and run a cabana. All these ands are helping Jen build confidence to show her that she can take time for herself and live to talk about it. She can do the things she needs for herself without shame. She can do scary, hard, new things and still pump oxygen through her veins, right? So I guess I'm sharing this with you to reinforce the power of what Shelly and I are talking about. And if you want a little bit more of this for yourself every month, yo, go to the show notes, check out our House of And monthly mentorship. My goodness, you could finish the rest of the year strong with me every single month where we dig into these conversations and so much more. Again, link in the show notes to learn more. And I hope to see you in the mentorship. Where are your sabbaticals? Where is, even if it's where are you to yourself, in your day? where are you? You always say that. I loved that part of your book too. Where are you in your day? In your day. Where are you on your to-do list. You know, where are you? Um, yeah, I just when you think about your overall priorities, I just feel like we sometimes get lost in that. And so that's what all of this, honestly, that's what being a chief soul officer is. Yeah. I wrote I wrote a definition because I love writing definitions for I know, like I, I am too. a language creator. Yes. You are too. You which have is... great language, by the way. Like oh, one you. of the things you just even said in this podcast, you were like, you know, when when soul battle 
sabbatical came to you. You're like, it was as clear as a love letter on my nightstand. <laughs> I was like, oh girl, like that is like, that is a cheat. Yeah, you could tell you were a CMO. Like you write great oh, copy. You, you're, you're a great writer. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you love the art of language, which I think is a, a beautiful thing to consider. So yeah, uh, keep going. Well, and I, I love, love this idea. Like I'm creating, I want to talk about this later, but I'm, I'm about to launch a new website. I'm putting everything under my name. I am finally stepping into what a question that I asked myself a million years ago. I'm going on a slight tangent right now, but I asked myself at the beginning of this process around this identity stuff when I was just like, oh my God, but I've only ever represented these big, sexy, juicy global brands. That's been my career. That is what I staked my entire identity on. And then in the dark, like a dark night of the soul on this journey, I was like, oh, wait a second. What if Shelly Paxton is the most iconic <laughs> I could ever yeah. represent? I was so hoping you were going to say that. I was so hoping you were going to say that. Yes, yes, yes. I hope everybody heard that. I have full body chills. I love the connection to that. Like, I almost, that is a whole spinoff and body of work and talk. Like, what if you are the project? Like, I talk about in Homeboy, my book, this notion of like, you're, I don't care who you work for. I don't care if the business you're running is your household and you are a stay-at-home mom. You are a CEO. You are running the most important business you could ever run. And that is this human body that you get the honor of living in every single day. And what if, what if you are the global brand that you are meant to represent and build and take care of and protect and share with the world? Shelly, I love the connection between your previous body of work and career (laughs) to where you are now in this body of work. And what a beautiful way, what a possibility driven way to really think about where you're at right now in life. Instead of saying, oh, but I'm just, I'm nobody. Uh, You know, oh my God, everybody's doing this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, all the excuses we make. You instead said, ah, what if? I am the iconic brand that I was meant to represent. My What if my whole career at Harley was preparing me actually for this fucking moment? Yes. Ooh. Yes. And it listen, it took me a while to get there and to of draw course. that connection and that conclusion as it does. But I, I had invite everyone. Of course, yes. I had to start. I had to start moving in that direction in order to start seeing, I called them breadcrumbs, right? In order to yeah. start like those portals started opening and I could see more of the breadcrumbs and I was taking one tiny step forward at a time. This is all we can do. Every badass accomplishment is a series of tiny steps. It is now years later and I don't know how many millions of tiny steps later that I am seeing all of this and really living into it. So for me, and and that's an invitation for everyone. This is an urgent invitation to be, (laughs) really to be the most iconic brand that you can be. You are. You already are. You are. Every single one of us already is. Yes. Yes. We are. I anoint you in this moment. <laughs> you like, have, you, if you are here, you have been anointed. And I really totally. believe that there is no coincidence in this world. No. I feel like whenever I'm reading or listening or being in anything, I'm like, it's all here for me. Like there is a reason I listened to her on the podcast. There's a reason she came into my life. There's a reason this is in my airwaves right now. So if you are hearing this, you have been appointed by the chief soul officer. 
That's right. Of Shelly Paxton official, whatever it will become. I love it. Well, so this is interesting. And that was the connection. I can't even believe in my foggy COVID brain. I'm going to make my way back to the question that you asked. Can I just say, we are nailing this interview considering we both have COVID fog. Like, what the fuck do we, like, I don't know what is happening right now, but like, I'm so here for it. And I love it. Like, you're one person, I don't need a script for you. And like, guys, that's one of the greatest things. I can't be an improviser and give people scripts to be on my podcast. So you either get it or you don't. And Shelly, and I, I'm like, I just want to get on, get on and talk uh, to you and, and look at what's happening. Yeah. Magic. Thank you. Thank you. And I feel like this is also just like, whoo, I feel mm. like this is just, I needed me, it to like, bring all my energy back. So thank you. This is better than any drug that could ever be described I I on, needed like, this on right the now. face of the earth. <laughs> but it's so to, to back to language, I love all of these are connecting the dots back to language. I was looking down, I always have this lexicon and I'm putting this lexicon on my new website because I realized like I want to own the fact that I've created a soul lexicon first for me, but now I want to share it with the world to say, use these words and phrases liberally to rewrite your own script of success, to create, to yes and your way forward, right? So a chief soul officer is a badass who takes responsibility for the direction of their life and courageously Mm. creates it, right? In, like I've said before, in alignment with your truth and your values and your purpose. So it's beautiful. I love it. And I think there, what I love about it is it's, it's not, um, it's rooted in, in results because, um, a lot of times we'll hear, oh, just do I am power statements and just believe and manifest and all of that's great. But what people don't realize is that, there has to be action, right? And so you have to take responsibility for the direction of your dreams. It all has to start with a deep sense of self-love and self-trust and all of that. It has to start with the yes. But what I love about that lexicon and that definition is this, this beautiful rooting in and the forward momentum that is the action one badass must take to get herself to where she want to go she wants to go and i will give you i will i will reflect back to you something else you said that i thought was so powerful i wrote it down and i want to remind the audience of it because i think you just gave us a really cool framework okay so like how do i do this and how do i start a soul badical and i want to quit my i want to be like shelly when i grow up right so all these people they're going to fall in love with you. You said something. You said, number one, get clear on what you hold true. What are your values? So root down into your values and the things you hold sacred to your heart based on your life experiences. Then set some boundaries to help you upload those rooted in your boundaries, right? Or root your boundaries in your values. So figure out your values, get some boundaries together. And then those boundaries are part three, going to give you the space you need to go do what you need to do to get rest or to go to a retreat or to make calls or to meet new people or to read new books. Like, so figure out what those values are. What do you want? What do you value? Put some boundaries in place Mm -hmm. to give you then number three, the space to get more soulbatical moments in your life. I don't know if you realized you said that to me, but I loved that three-step yeah. sort of approach. 
the way you crystallized it is so powerful. So thank you. Because I say that a lot and I don't think I've paused long enough to really- It's a good one. Oh, it's it's powerful. And I love where it lands because I want to talk about this for a second. You asked me, like, how do I live sabbatical? And that word space is at the center mm. of how I live. And it has taken me a very long time to get here to understand that I need, in order to do what I do in the world and show up in the way and be creative and come up with these words and write books and serve my community, I need space. Yeah, same. Here, here. I need space. So whether that's, you know, I'm going to go somewhere or whether that's simply space in my own little, I call it Rebel Soul HQ, like my, my nest here in Chicago, right? That is so important to me. And I used to, I know like busyness was a badge of honor for me. It absolutely was for a very long time. The more full my calendar, the more puffed up my chest. The more worthy I am, the more successful I am. The more worthy I am, the more successful. I'm crazy busy was my absolute favorite. I mean, it just almost makes me puke in my mouth now to say the words (laughs) together. But it's like... But it was, it was, you know, I kind of staked my worthiness. And I said that all the time to people. It makes me cringe because yeah. to people who wanted to spend time, I'm like, oh, I'm crazy. I'm crazy busy. You know, like, let's talk next month. Yeah. And now it's like, oh my God, what kind of frenetic energy yeah. was I like that, that you get caught up in that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, that's the energy I was throwing out in the world. That was the energy that was coming back to me. And so now I'm like, no, I want to sink into this. I want Mm. to be in flow more often. I want to create that spaciousness. And honestly, that spaciousness right now is saving my life because I am napping in between meetings Uh, because, right? So that's a COVID thing, but it's, it's honestly has made me realize that is one of the reasons I create the spaciousness. I might have otherwise been writing or reading or, you know, I don't, whatever. I Scrolling like or playing, searching or walking, yeah, walking, scrolling, like getting yeah. out, just putting my feet in dirt, whatever, whatever I needed in that moment. And right now in the, you know, day 10 of COVID, what I needed before you and I started this conversation was an hour long nap. Yeah. And look at, we're getting the benefit of that, of that soul yeah. you took. So a sabbatical could be as simple as a nap. <laughs> a sabbatical is as simple as a nap. And there's another, there's another thing. I don't know, Ju- Judy, if you and I have talked about this, I don't think we did when I interviewed you on my podcast, but right now I know not everybody can see this, but I'm holding up a stack of orange post-it notes. One orange is to is- me like hot pink <laughs> is to Judy. Oh, we, it's your color. Like- it's my color all day long. I've yes. got the orange glasses and the orange post-its and all the things. But the reason I'm holding these up is this is a beautiful way to start your day. Find your favorite color in post-it notes and write yourself permission slips. Mm. So, I mean, this should go right along with the Vibe and Thrive Planner where you (laughs) sit down and say, what do I need to allow myself, you know, to do, not do, or feel Mm -hmm. in order to show up as my most badass, powerful self today? 
Because that first and foremost is putting ourselves at the top of our day, like you say. And it's giving ourselves permission for what we need. I sometimes do this going into meetings. If I know oh, like yeah, there's sure. just something like weighing heavily on me or whatever, like I give myself permission to just, you know, state the truth yes. and not worry if I'm disappointing somebody, you know, or state the truth and be okay. Like hold the outcome loosely, yes. whatever it is. But these permission slips have become a powerful part of my sabbatical routine. I love it. Something as simple as a beautiful love note to yourself on a, on a bathroom mirror can Totally. Can certainly move mountains. Okay, so Shelly, um, I always love to end my time with my guests by asking them the same question. So I'd love to hear, and especially since you have an improv background, I can't wait to hear what you have to say to this. So the name of the show is Yes And. When I offer up those two words together to you, what comes up? What does Yes And mean to you? Mm. I mean, yes, and means we've we've talked about all of it, but I want to say like, to me, it means life, Mm. right? Because I don't know how we can be alive and how we can be moving toward what lights our soul up if we are not leaning into possibility. So yes, and is possibility, which is ultimately aliveness and life. Yes, I love that so much. Um, I love it. And I'm so grateful for you. How I'm going to link up to everything, Shelly, in the show notes. Is there any, any, um, anything our listeners need to know? What do you got up your sleeve right now besides the fact that everybody should um, check out your book and find you on social? And of course, yeah. um, we'll be looking for the new website. I can't wait to see what you're coming yeah, up with. Yeah, ShellyPaxton.com is the new website. And everything's going to point there because one of the things, and I think there's a, there's a lesson in here, so this is, I'll leave on this. I was trying to retrofit like everything through the lens of sabbatical. And I realized, I'm like, wait a second. I'm not even practicing what I preach. We evolve. We expand beyond those, you know, beyond those edges. We, If we're really, truly being alive and practicing yes and, then those edges are constantly expanding. And that's when I realized Oh, it is Shelly Paxton. I'm stepping into Shelly Paxton. And so all of my speaking, my writing, my programs, I'm launching a new program called Soul Circles. So if you want to go on a journey with me to rewrite your script of success, you'll find it on ShellyPaxton.com. But really like life is, yes, and is about pushing the edges and that's when we're truly living. And to me, that's so beautiful. And I think that's Fuck where I want to yes. leave it. <laughs> we are, I am down for pushing the edges. I love edgy um, conversations. I love edgy women. And um, you certainly are one of them. So Shelly, I can't wait to see you in Chicago soon to give you like a real life um, hug. And I just thank you so much for sharing your soul with all the beautiful souls that listen to this show. You are the best, babe. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. 
All right, y'all. I hope you love this show as much as I loved making it for you. Oh my gosh. Talk to me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Shoot me an email. Hello at judyholler.com. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Uh, Tag me, share it, uh, rate it, review it. All of this matters so much to every podcaster on the planet. But since you're here listening to this show, do me a favor. Leave us a review. Send me some love. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Um, I truly love making these shows for you every single week. I can't wait to be here with you again next Wednesday. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. And you better keep kicking open those doors. We'll see you next week. Ciao.